0: And now, presenting the Star of the Show podcast
1: with your host,
0: Delaney Swift. Welcome back to the Star of the Show podcast. I'm your host, Delaney Swift, and thank you for being here. Today's guest is Samantha Medeiros. She is a new friend of mine. We met in Austin, Texas when we were both there. She's actually from Canada and obviously I live in Florida. So we met there at a restaurant by happenstance and we just ended up having one of the best conversations. So I told her about the fact that I was there for a podcast event and then I was just launching a podcast and she was like instantly my biggest supporter and it was so nice and so encouraging and we instantly just connected. We had the best conversation. We got really deep, really quick about just friendships and how it changes in adulthood and going after what you want and, you know, taking care of yourself and just all of these different topics that we get to in depth on the episode. I was like you need to come on the podcast because this conversation that we're having is so good and i think so many people would benefit from it whether you have friends to talk about these things with or you don't i think this is a great conversation to hear to know that other people are talking about things that you might be thinking of but i don't know i just instantly felt like this was a conversation that would be great to have on the microphone so that other people could hear it and be in on it i think you guys will love samantha just as much as i do And without further ado, welcome Samantha Medeiros to the Star of the Show podcast. Sam, I'm so excited that you're here because we were just talking before this, and I feel like we have so much good stuff to talk about that other girls are going to love, so I'm pumped.
1: Me too. We were already getting like wine content and other things that we were talking
0: about. We were talking
1: about our organic wine So um,
0: Sam and I, we met in Austin, Texas. We were just like at this restaurant together, or I mean, not together, but we like ran into each other at this restaurant and we had this amazing conversation. And so I'm excited because I was like, I need to have her on the pod because I feel like so many other girls could relate to this conversation. And if you don't have like good girlfriends in your life, I feel like this conversation could help a lot of people. So I'm pumped that you're here and I
1: wish we lived in the same state. I know me too. I wish I wish we did too. And we started talking about your podcast and I feel like I was the biggest hype girl of your podcast. So this is a nice full circle moment. And thank you for having me as well. I
0: know. we. So we were talking about, I don't even know how the conversation started, but probably because I was in Austin for the Dear Media IRL event and I was going like the next day and I was nervous, but I had just launched the podcast and you were like, literally hyping me up so hard like you gave me so much confidence and i was like damn if this girl thinks that i can do this like i can do this so yeah and then we got into talking about like just going after like what you want and and meeting friendships in adulthood and i know that you've like moved states and you've had like friendships evolve over time so like i kind of want to talk about that a little bit about like how kind of friendships evolve from like when you're younger to when you get older and kind of like finding those friendships that align with you. Can you like talk a little bit about how maybe your friendships have
1: changed over time? Yeah. um, I think also even to go back on your point, it was that we were both sitting there and sometimes I was coming to Austin for work. I'm from Canada. And I find a lot of the times when you travel, you're like a different version of yourself. You're a little bit, you're outside of your norm. You even though you're also from the States, but you're not from Austin, you sometimes just, I think, um, like vibe with other people who are also on vacation of some sort. You feel like a little bit more free in yourself. You feel like you can have more conversations with, I guess, random people. So that was one way. And then from there, we just started talking about a million different things. But I think that the friendship piece was a huge thing that we spoke about. And it was that, you know, you... You and I are both—I want to say—like a lot older. I mean, we're talking about when we were younger and like in high school and stuff. But you know, the friendships that you have growing up uh, are typically the ones that you keep in elementary and and high school, right? So these are friendships that have known you f- or end up knowing you for for ten years. Maybe you carry some of them into university. Maybe you carry some of them into adulthood but it's just how you know a lot of the time you change a lot in university or you you know you really change a lot when you're outside of university so you know we were talking about how you were starting the podcast and how um you know you are a different version of you now than you were in those times right and the idea when you're when you have these super long friendships I think that they either go one of two ways either they're the few that have watched you change and have loved or supported or just been there through every version of who you are, the good times and maybe the mistakes that you make. But then um, there's the ones that, you know, I hope that we change over time and then there's those ones that you want to keep and you want to hold on to them so badly, but maybe they don't fully understand who you are now or don't allow that type of growth or you just don't align with them anymore so i think that was like a really big piece yeah that we that was we
0: yeah that's huge and i'm so glad that you like remembered that and brought that up because it kind of reminds me of like you know when you're a kid and like you go on vacation and maybe like you meet a cute boy or maybe you meet like a new like a group of guys and you're with your girlfriends and you're younger or even just like you meet, like, a new person or whatever it is, you can be, like, a completely different version of yourself and you can be, like, the person that you actually want to be. Or if you're meeting, like, you know, new people when you're traveling to a different country or whatever it is, you can actually, like, show up fully as yourself and kind of test it out and be, like, okay, how is this person going to react? And it's, like, a lot, like, less pressure because you're, like, if I don't vibe with this person because, like, being who I am, then... I'm not going to see them again and it's fine. The pressure is off. But sometimes, and I don't know if you can relate to this, but like growing up, I felt kind of not out there, but I just felt like sometimes I was too much for people that I was around. Um, And like me specifically, like I grew up in theater. I wasn't really ever good at sports. And I was always trying to like make my friends make up dances with me and like do these little skits and stuff like that. And my friends would like label me as dramatic. And I never found myself to be a dramatic person, like causing drama or being, you know, the person that was talking bad about people, but I was like a theatrical type of person. So the drama thing really always kind of pissed me off. And it kind of made me want to like dumb down myself or dim my light a little bit to like be more like my friends or be more like the people that were cool you know, doing sports or doing what everyone else was doing. And I kind of think I adopted that a little bit. So while my friends from home, I think they do really accept me and they are some of my biggest supporters. There's definitely people from growing up or from college or whatever it is that I don't feel like always have my best interests at heart or always embrace like the whole version of me. And I think a you know, part of it's maybe my fault for just putting myself in that position. And I think part of it's like, okay, well, do these people really fit into my life anymore if I can't be like all of who I am? And so, you know, meeting someone in adulthood where you can kind of just now have like a conscious effort of I'm going to be who I am and I'm going to like have boundaries and I'm going to do the things that I want to do. And whoever likes that can be a part of my life and whoever doesn't, doesn't have to be.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I mean, probably both of our scenarios of growing up and who we were are going to be like completely different. I mean, I wasn't in drama, but (laughs) I can completely like empathize with the fact that you, I think when you're younger, especially like in high school or something, typically probably in, in our time was people who played sports were probably like the, I'm not athletic. So I always tried to play sports, but I didn't play sports. But I'm sure that there's a lot of people a lot of women, especially who can understand the feeling of when you're growing up, you don't, you just don't know who you are. And so you make new friends and you kind of try to fit in, in with them in a certain way. You make mistakes along the way. You also just, you're just learning and growing in it. You know, if we were to take this conversation maybe 10 years from now and have it again, it may be a little bit, it may be similar because we're always going to change, but I don't think it'd be as drastic as that point because when you are done with high school, when you're done with university, which are areas where friends are like built in, right? It's so easy to make friends in those types of situations. And then when you're outside of that, you hopefully are changing. You're hopefully being, you know, taking stock and being like, am I this way? What are my interests? Have my interests changed? Do I like the way that I am? Are there things that I want to change about myself? And then you you are inherently going to change. And then meeting people at that point is A, harder. Um, yes, you have work sometimes. We That's something uh, I think you and I spoke about, but COVID's changed that as well with like being as remote as you are. Sometimes it's way easier to meet brand new people and even people that maybe you don't think you're going to see again. Like, especially that's why when you mm-hmm. go on vacation and you meet someone like you and I did, or you meet, uh, you know, like- guy that you're interested or in something, again, it's just, it's not the pressure that you're going to see them again. I feel like you're right that that might be your most like honest and true self because there are no, you know, um, preconceived notions of who you were years before, um, which probably do limit us a little bit. And that's, that's what I've probably found too, is that sometimes, and You have friends for so long that it just goes one of two ways, and you probably do um, like screen a bit if we were before you say certain things or before you react in certain ways because of the fact that you've known this person for so long and they like know that version of you, but it's also hard mm-hmm. to be outward of the new version of you that you're fig- you're trying to figure out, but you're also trying to like protect yourself knowing that. You may be judged, or knowing that you can't be hundred percent honest, or, or whatever it may be, it's just harder. Mm-hmm. I sometimes, think to do that um, as you as you as you get older. I I feel
0: like that too, and I I with friends like older friends, I f- find myself doing this a lot. Which actually, my therapist was like, maybe you need to test out being more vulnerable or honest with some of your older friends and see how they react, or even with your new friends, because like some of the things that I was really insecure about, I just decided not to bring up or not to talk about. And because I had a lot of shame about certain things. And honestly, looking back, like, I don't even know why I think it's just my own insecurities. And my therapist was like, I need you as like a task this week to go and like, share something that you're vulnerable about, or insecure about with a friend and see how they react. And That was like a really weird thing for me but with this new friend i told her i was like look i failed at like one of my old businesses and that was for some reasons just like so weird for me to talk about because i felt so shameful and just embarrassed about it and she was like i love that you said that because I don't see it as a failure at all. And it like draws me to you more as a friend. I think it's so brave and cool that you would even try something because a lot of people just never try and they never know. And she told me about, do you know who Sarah Blakely is? She's the founder of Spanx. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sarah Blakely. Yeah. 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 So I really love Sarah Blakely, but I had never heard this before. And she told me that like when her, when she was growing up, her dad was like, she would come home from school and he'd be like, what did you fail at today? And she'd be like, I didn't do this in math or whatever. She'd like tell him different ways that she failed. And it gave her such like a different perspective on failure. And I thought that was so cool. And she was like telling me all about this. And we had this whole long conversation about how failure is not really failure and how she's like, I'll support you and whatever you like try next. And I thought that was really cool because I would have never had this like deep, conversation with this person if I hadn't like trusted in just kind of like myself and just saying it and putting it out there and even with some of like my friends from home like there are certain things I do and don't say because I already kind of know how they're going to react and I don't want to have to field the questions and I don't want to have to I don't know you kind of like go into almost like habitual mode with some people I feel like and it doesn't necessarily mean that there's anything wrong with them or whatever but Sometimes I feel like I go into certain, like, characters when I'm with certain people. And when I catch myself, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I don't need to be who I was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Like, I can be more confident in, like, who I am and what I'm doing. And know that, like, these people are going to still be there for me. And if they're not, that's fine. But it's so interesting to like catch yourself. And I feel like I'm catching myself a lot more now that I'm in therapy and like, she's pushing me a little bit because I'm like noticing how I'm acting around certain people based on like how I'm feeling about
1: myself. That makes sense. It makes so much sense. I mean, I personally, I mean, it's funny you say like that when your therapist asks you to do that, the person that you chose to do it with was a new friend, right? And I think it's that, and I'm not talking about like really close friends you still have now that you've had forever, but that kind of goes back to everything that we were talking about. It is a little bit easier with a brand new friend. There's not as much at stake. They don't have ideas about you before you're showing up or trying to meet you where you are now without all of the backlash or without all of the, you know, if that person when you told them didn't like that or was root you, there's not as much at stake, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think when you have friends for a long time, it feels like there's a little bit more at stake depending on the type of friendships that you have. So I feel like that's, you know, and you also in talking about therapy, I went to my therapist and she helped me through a lot of stuff. And even I remember before this, I think I wrote down some of the, an email that she sent me, um, about how friendships change, et cetera. And she kind of said like, you, You know, you really, you do change how you act and when you're trying to change yourself and it's like, but then it's almost like other people can sense there's something different about you because you're not, you're maybe putting a little bit more of a front with like some older friendships and whatnot. Um, But you're also trying to like be a new version of you. And I don't think there's anything wrong with changing who you are or trying new things and making mistakes. You're you're going to a, a thousand percent.
0: I mean, everyone's going to
1: change. Like you're always, I feel like you're always the same at like the core. Like
0: I definitely still feel like I'm this like little girl who's like, has similar interests, but I'm definitely like a different person than I was, you know, 10, 15 years ago or even five years ago. Like I genuinely feel like I'm a different person every year in my twenties. Yeah. Like I'm 28 in 10 days and I feel like 20 year old me, 21 year old me, 22, like just was completely different. My 22 year old self thought that I was going to marry the guy I was dating, thought that I was going to, I had all my whole life figured out, my career, the job that I was working, I was like, I'm set for life. This is easy, I've got adulthood figured out. And every single year I feel like I have things less figured out and I'm a different person and I try different things and you know, I've moved to different places, different states, different houses, apartments. I'm with different people. Like even just looking back at photos from last year, I'm like,
1: I don't identify with that person at all anymore. And so funny. Yeah. That's do you feel like that too? Yeah. A thousand, a thousand percent. But what's so interesting, and I was actually thinking about it the other day is what you said of when you're younger and that's like maybe young twenties, I'm still in my 20s but i will not be in about a couple of months so i'm gonna hold on to that um but when you're younger maybe you're saying like 20 21 22 when you again going back to like high school elementary school high school university post that you think that the only way or the regiment that you're on like you're supposed to have everything figured out so you have an idea in your head this is what I'm going to do for the next five years. This is what I'm going to do the next five years afterwards. And you hold on to that so closely because I think it gives you comfort. But and this may be just my experience. But then I think when you get older and you have a lot more autonomy, and it's very scary to figure out that you actually don't know who you are, but I also think it's the biggest blessing. Like I at this age have a better idea of my core. Then I did at 21, but at 21, I w- could tell you what maybe the next 7, 10 years looked like. Right now, I can't tell you what that looks like, but I also think it comes from getting older, realizing that also, do you, for me, like, do you want to have everything figured out? Does that sound exciting? Because the more you, the older you get, the more you have the opportunity to get to know yourself and probably more that you probably don't know yourself, but it's also, You kind of let yourself have that because at those ages when we were younger and younger twenties, late teens, whatever that may be, I don't think that we fully or myself got to actually give ourselves that break to try to figure out who we fully were. And, um, you know, that, that does come with age, more experiences. Maybe you're on your own more things are not as laid out for you because when you're younger and get your first job and everything, that stuff is really laid out for you. You know, where you're going. Uh, you know, grade 11, you're going to grade 12, and you're going to university, you know what those ages look like. You know what that every single day looks like. But now, it's like, oh shit, no one, and which is a scary thing too, you're like, no one's going to tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. Like a lot of days, I'd like, it'd be a hell of a lot easier if someone was like, hey, this is what you should be doing for the next year. And then the year after that, this is what you should be doing. This is what your work should be. This is where your personal growth should be. This is where your relationship should be. But with that new freedom comes a lot more questions. And so it's, I don't think it's like you get older and you like you, you, I think it's more the freedom that you get to figure out who you are, but that comes with a whole other plethora of questions for yourself. Um, Yeah. I think if you do the work and shout out therapists, shout out therapists, literally go to therapy.
0: (laughs) Uh, I think it's like so frustrating to have that realization because I, I say this a lot, but I really do feel like we go from, like you were saying, we're in school from literally being four or five years old. And then at 18 years old, we leave, you know, traditional schooling, living with our parents. And then we go into college university and we're there for four years and every next step is thought out is known. Like we know where we're going to be. We know where we're going to be living. We know where we're going to be at in life. And we're on the same playing field as everyone else. So there's not as much uncertainty to deal with. And then you graduate college or you graduate high school or whatever. You're not living maybe with your parents anymore. You're maybe living with friends, but maybe living on your own. You're dealing with your bills for the first time you're dealing with all of these things for the first time and there's so much freedom. There's so much unknown. There's so much, so many questions. And suddenly there's so many unknowns with like your career or your, like you said, your personal growth, your relationships, your, you know, your friendships, your financial status, like everyone is on a completely different playing field. And that is something that I, think is so hard for people to deal with. I find it very hard to deal with like having to pay for car insurance and phone like for my phone bill and my car and like all these things. It's like, okay, yeah, obviously everyone does, but it's just like we all of a sudden get all this responsibility and we have no, like we, I could lose my job tomorrow. You could use, like anyone could lose their job, lose their stability in an instant. And that thought is very scary. And Or we might just instantly start hating where we're currently at and we want to change. And that's also scary because it's like, okay, well, this is a stable place for me to be. And I have to figure this out on my own. And I think that's so jolting for people in their 20s. And I honestly think that's why everyone is so confused. And I think that's why people say like your 30s and your 40s. Are like the best years, like my mom always says, her 40s were some of her favorite years. I'm like, bring it on because I'm miserable.
1: Yeah, no, a hundred. And it's funny because when you're younger, I remember turning 13, and I think Mary Kay and Ashley was a big thing at that point for us, for me, right? And I was like, you remember watching all the movies, and you're like everything's figured 13 is going to be the best, right? Like, you're just going to be able to do all these different things, and you think that that's like the true sign that you, you know, really starting to grow up and what you just, and it's like, it's so, and you think like something like 30 is so at that point, like, that's so old. I'm turning 30 now. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't feel any, I know I've changed so much and I'm so much happier with the person that I am now. Um, and I've still so, so, so much work to do with that person and, but at the same time, like I don't feel old. I feel like it. You really do get old. You're like, wow, this is actually the time where you, you know, if you've done the work, everyone's going to feel different. But you actually start to get to this age, you're like, like these are actually the best years are ahead because you start to you you've had different experiences. We're going to have a lot more experiences. But at least for me, I think you start to get a lot more confident and you start to just be like, you know what, like I'm done. I don't want to do things that I don't want to do. I don't want to have to, you know. You'll know if you're not in the right space. If you feel like you're fighting to be in a certain space, whether it's friendships, relationships, work, like you start to just become confident in yourself and be like, if I don't, if I don't feel like I belong here, I'll, I'll, I will feel there is another place that I belong. It's just not here. But before, I didn't really feel like that. You're really like, this is where I have to belong. This is what I'm going to strive for. This is. Grown up like this, this is where I want to be. But, you know, if you don't belong right now, know that there is a place that you do belong. Um, and so that's a, I think that's a big realization, but I also do think that it happens more, or we're having this conversation now because we're in our late twenties because of the fact that yes, you get more freedom in your early twenties or when you graduate, but that's also the fun freedom, right? You're like, Oh my God, like, yes, I have rent if you moved out. Yes, I've got a phone bill, but I've also got my first job. I've got my first like career job, which is usually entry level in my case, right? You're like, "Ah, you know what? doesn't really matter. Like I'm not super concerned about saving for this. I don't really know what like a retirement fund is quite yet at this point. I'm not super concerned about it. So those are like the fun freedom times. And then you have your fun and I mean, we still have fun now, but you have your fun. And then you start to go, okay, but like, what am I actually now want to take a, I want to like pause for a second, be like, wait, I've done all this stuff. I've like gone through the rigidness. I have my freedom, but now I also have the freedom to figure out who I am more, which is very scary. And then now at this age, I have all the possibilities ahead of me that I didn't have before and having that much level of freedom and having that many possibilities in front of you, at least I find can make you like freeze because it wasn't really the same when you were 22. And I remember I don't know what age it was that my friends and I graduated from university, went backpacking in Asia. We met some amazing people and then we went, um, still went traveling again afterwards. And it was just still, it was not that was like the fun freedom time. You can still do that, but it's, it's different now that you're at this age of freedom. This age of freedom is, you know, most of your friends are probably not going backpacking in the summer and they're not being as willy nilly. So then like, you know, um, comparative things come in, but it's just different. It's a different kind of freedom now and it's probably a bigger type of freedom. But I I do think from my, my perspective, it's like, it literally can stunt you like in your, in your tracks, which is so scary. Cause you're like, oh my God, I could do so many things, but I don't really know. What yes. to do. Yes. I feel that so hard. I feel like I
0: was at that place in my life a couple of years ago. Honestly, I kind of still feel that way in a little bit. I'm start, I feel like I'm slowly coming out of this like weird headspace that I was in for like two or three years where I was exactly like stunted by like indecision almost or there's so many ways there's so many directions that I could go that I it's so overwhelming and I have no clue but you're right right when I graduated I was like this is so cool like I'm an adult I have this you know newfound freedom you know I'm not in an organization anymore like I can do you know whatever it is I want I can go to happy hour, whatever and then slowly I feel like in your mid-20s you start to be like okay well what do I actually want out of life you know, I want something more than just maybe my job, than going out on the weekends. I want to have something that's like a hobby or an interest, or maybe I want to take a little bit better care of myself. And then you start getting to a place, not everyone, but I mean, at least for myself, I feel like I'm like, okay, I really want these certain things and I want to go in this certain direction, but there's so many ways that I could get there that it's overwhelming. And I almost feel like there's, it literally feels like a box that has a certain key that there's only one key that can open it. And I've tried so many different keys and there's just one key out there. I have to find it and unlock it. And that's going to be the thing that like finally cracks or the thing that finally works. And it feels like an endless loop getting there. And, you know, something that I've been talking through with my therapist has been like there, you might never get there, You but like, how can you, be happy with your life no matter what and almost kind of like surrender and let go. And I honestly always tell my friends whenever they're in a situation where they feel like they, maybe they really want a boyfriend or they really want this certain job or really want this certain thing, whatever it is. I'm like, you have to surrender and like let go a little bit because you're giving off this needy energy about it. And I've gotten so many things Not so many things, but there's a couple experiences in my life where I've just let go, and things have just fallen into place. Like I was not looking for a boyfriend before I started dating Daniel. I was dating around. I was having a great time. I'd never had this single phase in my life, and I was just having so much fun. I feel like I was attracting men to myself because I had this confidence and like this unattachment Mm -hmm. for the in the first time in my life. I was just confident. I was like, I don't care whatever. And then, you know, I just had this great connection with him and we started dating, but that was like the first time I really understood it. And then with, you know, a job previously, I was like, I have no idea which job to choose. Like I weighed the pros and cons. I really wanted certain things. And then I was like, okay, universe, please just give me a sign. Like it needs to be really obvious. I was like, please just spell it out. Like you need to say the name of the company. Otherwise, I will you not. Wrote that,
1: please just give me the piece of paper that I've
0: been asking for this for years. <laughs> I'm like, give me the answers, please. Yeah. And I literally saw it in a book I was reading the name of the company. And then I saw it when at the beach that I was at, it said it on like the parking meter. And I was like, okay. And it was only after I was like, I'm
1: giving up. But it came to you in that way, right? It wasn't like, Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm having a lot of realizations on this too, talking to you, <laughs> which is great. But sorry to cut you off, but that, like, is even thinking about like, my own experiences in certain things. I'm like, that is so, so true. I just feel
0: like I need to do that again. And I feel like a lot of people need to do that. And it's very hard when you feel like you already feel like you're not in control and you feel like by putting out this certain energy or working on certain things or create like doing this action. Like you're like, I have to do this every single day or I have to do this every single week or whatever. Like you make all these fake rules up in your head Mm -hmm. and then nothing comes of it. And you're like, well, you know, it's because I didn't do this or it's because I didn't do this. And maybe like another person doing all the exact same things as you will get what you want, but that's just the way that things work. And once you kind of like detach it from it, I feel like things really do start to fall into place. I gave up social media for a week, one one week. And I was like, this is so lame, but I really wanted to get over a thousand mark on TikTok. I had like 900 followers and I was like, I want to get over a thousand. <laughs> and so um, I deleted social media for a week. And when I redownloaded it, one of my videos had gone viral and I surpassed that number. And I was like, see, like, it's just when you kind of give up and you're like I whatever happens happens but are
1: like do you have similar things that have happened to you I like that percent I mean I don't I think I probably have I have no videos on TikTok so I think I actually probably have like 200 followers on TikTok I don't have any videos at all so maybe I'll try to get to a <laughs> thousand follow me <laughs> um but I do I really agree with that but it's when you're saying that that kind of even made me have an idea like it's not You had these things happen when you stopped putting so much pressure on yourself for the ending outcome, but you still did all of the things beforehand that you needed to do to get that outcome. But it's almost the, the outcome piece of it's like when you let go of how much pressure you have on the outcome, like, because a lot of the times the ending outcome isn't up to you talking about something like the TikTok thing, that's not up to you you're talking about, you know, maybe finding a really good partner at that point, you've done the things that you wanted to do. But there's another party involved that also controls that outcome. And even with the job thing, and that's so I don't think I've ever been able to see it this way. But thinking about, um, you know, some better friendships I've had, it's when I'm not trying to control the outcome, or the job that I'm in right now, I'm, Is actually a job that I had uh like I think I applied for went through the interview process maybe three or four years ago, can't remember maybe two or three years ago. And I was so like, oh my God, I really, really want this job, right? And I was so focused on it. And then when it came around this time, I was very focused on it, but I had a lot of other experiences, but I it had also got me to a point where just like if this doesn't happen it's not like I'm not going to be okay. So I think I had less pressure on the outcome at that point. And then it happened for me this time, like when I had gotten like my new job. So a lot of the things that you're saying, like it's like when you're not trying to control the last outcome or you're just letting, I think it's under, maybe it's a realization of understanding that you can put in what you can put in, but there are certain things that we have to just be like, like I can't, I can't wipe your hands clean. Like I've done all I can do, and it may sound cheesy, but if the universe doesn't have this for me right now, then the universe doesn't have it for me. And I remember something that someone said. To, it was kind of like you know the things. It's easier to say in hindsight. Hindsight is always 2020. You know, and it whether it's any of the things that we've talked about. And I think a lot of it was a lot of it is like dating in particular, for me, because you're, you know, you're growing up in your 20s, you're dating a lot, the things that you thought that you wanted, and maybe that you weren't your true authentic self in that point, whether you didn't know who your true authentic self was at that point. But when you're out of it, what you thought, like what could make you happiest, I'm so happy that a lot of things that I thought that I wanted in life didn't happen. But it's because I'm on the other side of that. But it's just crazy how you can look look back on those things like this is what i think is going to make me so happy this is what i want this is what i want so i'm not a crazy spiritual person or anything like that but i do think that there is like a reason and like the universe kind of does not give you things that maybe you want or or you need at that point but then things come full uh full circle and you it's usually yeah. times that we're saying that you do let go. And there's, I think a lot of lucky, lucky chances, but it's, I think the time that sometimes you're just like, Hey, like, I've done what I've done. I've got like other things going on in my life and I'm not going to put, like I used to be, and sometimes I am someone who's like, I'm going to hyper-focus on one thing. And I'm going to put all of my energy into this and I'm going to be overly consumed by this. And it's going to give me so much anxiety and it's going to just deteriorate my mental health that, um, you know you get a little bit older and, and you have more things in your life and like i can't i can't do that i can't give all of my energy to something that a i can control and is in maybe the control of someone else's hands as well and think that i can can change the outcome of it because it i mean i don't know about you but like it literally it has you know given me so much anxiety in the past trying to do that type of thing
0: i feel like for some people like we hear a lot of content around manifestation and like manifesting things and i do like believe in manifestation and I, you know, I love to hear about it and learn about it, but I was kind of guilty of, of this for a while of just believing, like if I say certain things or believe certain things or do certain things then like certain desires would come to life, but it really is a combination of like hard work and luck. You have to put in the hard work and just like you were saying, when you do all of these things. So like, say I was putting out like a video a day, for example, Mm -hmm. and then it was all related to a certain topic, right? And then finally, one day, one video goes viral. People are going to see all of the other videos that I've put out related to that same topic. And they're going to be like, okay, like I want to follow this person because they have all this content that I'm interested in. Or same with the job, like you can put all this effort, you can do the cover letter, have the interviews, connect with people, network, whatever it is. And you've done all that you can possibly do. And you kind of have to give it like, you know, give it up to God or, you know, just kind of wash your hands clean of it and see how things turn out. But it is really a combination of like, you have to actually put in the effort and just, you know, say, okay, like I'm going to have this and then
1: expect it to come. Cause that's just not realistic. Because that's, I think, because I don't know much, but but that is kind of like what manifestation is, right? So it's kind of like more speaking it out there, but um yeah, I'd say that it's definitely you got you have to make strides towards something, but I do think I believe in you know right place, right time as well, Um and so it's like a it's yeah you can do your hard work, yes you can do a piece of it, and it also depends on what it is, right? But I don't think that there's one thing that happens to you in life, maybe other than like working out or something, if you're trying to become a bodybuilder, right. Where you know what the results are going to be. Um, a lot of the other things like there's going to be some other party or some other force that that's involved to, to make, to make that happen. Um, and getting to that point where you don't worry, or maybe in my case, don't worry yourself sick about that. And just being able to be like, okay, hey, I gotta just step away from this. And I also was someone, um, not as much about this, as much like this now but my mom and I even had a conversation the other day talking about something growing up and um and it's more recent that I'm not like this but I just used to obsess over things like whether it was you know something I felt like bad was gonna happen or I told you like about a job and I would just overly obsess about it and or whether it was like a relationship or someone that I liked like it's you just get in your own, your, your mind is the most beautiful thing, but it's also the most detrimental thing. If you cannot learn how to like stop it at some points. So it's, I think a lot of good things happen or redirection happens when you can just be like, okay, like knowing that I'm not in control of this and knowing that stressing myself out or getting, it's not productive. It's so it's not doing you any good. It's counterproductive. Now I think about some of the things that I did get so invested in or in in my mind invested I'm like those were just the only person ends up hurting is like yourself in those situations (laughs) I feel like you know what's funny is that I feel like we're those type of people that sit down have a conversation I don't think I've ever met and I can like save this for later as well but like met someone I feel like is so similar but there's gonna be so many other people are similar but it's almost like you actually create an agenda you're like you think about something like hey I want to say this I want to say this like I want to you know explore that as well
0: yeah no, I know. And I feel like so many of the things that we're talking about are just like, I don't know, f- reminding me of other things that I want to say because I'm like, you you just – and things that you've said, I'm like, you just get me. Like, you're inside my head.
1: <laughs> I feel the same way as you <laughs> doing The things you're saying, I'm like, okay, so I'm not crazy. Like, but the thing is, is that you and I could not have had this conversation six years ago. Like – no. we have, we we can only have this conversation now because and then, you yeah. know, we could maybe have a different conversation in like another five or six years. But I do not think that we'd be able to have, you know, this type of conversation now as we did before because you're like kind of in that space. Where you're like, oh shit, like I'm understanding more about what my who I am, what my good things are, what my bad things are, the way that I think, like, looking back again on experiences because it's hard to look back on experiences in that time of when you're in in, in school and when stuff in like it. that you know, when you're in it yeah but it's yeah i don't think you have the same type of realizations when until you have those stages like post-school and stuff where you do have more freedom you don't have i don't feel like you have really any perspective on life
0: when you're you know a teenager when you're in your early 20s like if like you said, if we were six years ago, having this conversation, I would be still like going to happy hours and like going out every weekend and in toxic relationships and friendships and not really thinking that highly of myself. And I feel like now having is why we can have this conversation, like you were saying. So when this pod is bigger and it's, a worldwide success. It will be back on. It it will be I am manifesting it. But I'm also doing the hard work. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so before you said that you you're not really a spiritual that spiritual of a person, but you said earlier like you have done the work or you've like worked on things. So what have those things looked like for you? You said you were in therapy. Are there other things or tools or resources that you've done to kind of like turn into this person or
1: look inward? Um, I think sometimes you are forced to, whether it was your decision or not. I think it also comes with age. I, like I said, do once in I used to go more, actively a therapy when things felt like I was super overwhelmed and needed to do that. Probably still need to continue to go more like on a regimented basis. Um, But like tool wise, I don't, I don't know. I really do feel like when things start to change in your life, um, when, you know, friendships change, when relationships change and also when you're by yourself more, I think that's what just like makes you look inward. And um, something I think you and I spoke about and something you had a uh, pointed out before is like, I am definitely someone who is a, you know, as being like more individual now, like grass is greener type of person, right? Like I'm always, or maybe not as much now, but that has been like one of the biggest struggles for me. I have had a I talk to my therapist about it grass is greener mentality, right? Like I moved out from, you know, the province that I was in and moved out to Vancouver. And the first, you know, little bit was amazing, right? Because you also just think sometimes like a change of environment is what you need. And I do think that was the right decision. But then when those things happen and you make decisions on the grass is greener mentality, um, after the first initial amazingness of it, right? you're, you're stuck there with you and things come out. Right. And you go, I think it's also like, you know, living by myself. I think, you know, I, I work remotely. There's more time for me. I don't, my circle's smaller, which I like, but I think it just forces you to look at you more. And there's a lot of work that, you know, I have to do. I'm sure that all of us have to do, but you also just become like a little bit more at peace with, you know, I think you just become more aware of certain things. Um, about yourself but the other thing was that you kind of said like you're always searching for happiness and that's always that's that was like always a huge topic for me like with my therapist as well is like I see happiness as if I get this job a goal if I do mm-hmm. this like I'm gonna be so satisfied and you know I've gotten certain things that I wanted and like has it made me happy I don't know if my definition of happy is like what the definition of happy is because i think that i think of what happiness is is as this super large scale dopamine hit like that's gonna last forever and it absolutely does not and i'm still working on it i don't know if i'll ever fully get there but like i think it's supposed to be more you know being a bit more grounded like realizing like your feet on the ground, like that is what happiness is supposed to be. And it's scary sometimes even before you and I met, like I was thinking about, okay, you know, what are the, some the things we're going to talk about? Um, what are some of the things that we spoke about in, uh, when we met each other in Austin and I'm like, time passes by so, so quickly. And I could probably say when I was a younger age living, you know, having the job that I didn't think that I could get getting, you know, a paying for your own apartment, having your own car, like supporting yourself. Like I was like, that's like what happiness is. Right. And then you're in there and you're like, I'm not, I'm not sad, but I think I just need to reevaluate what the word happiness actually is. And I think that I've kind of started to realize uh, and even spoke to someone else about this the other day. Like, I think more of it is like, I'm content and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think, like, contentment and knowing contentment is good is, is maybe okay as well. Because I don't – I just feel like happiness is, like, a large scale, like an influx of, oh, my God, I'm so happy. This is going to last forever. I'm not sure that's mm-hmm. what it is. Just you saying this is like you literally are in my brain because
0: <laughs> I think about this a lot too. And one of the hardest pills to swallow is that I don't know who – said this or where I heard this, I'm sure lots of people say this, but you can't experience happiness without experiencing like sorrow or sadness. Like you need one to have the other. Like if we were always happy all the time, we, it just would, what, what, what fun would that be? You know what I mean? It's like, okay, maybe I have a shitty day at work or maybe I have, you know, a fight with someone or I'm not like happy with my life, but you have good days in between. You know what I mean? You get to spend time with your family or your friends, or you have a great like dinner with a a girlfriend and you just laugh. Like there's little happy moments in between. And that's, I think really what life is all about is just being, and what's really hard for me too, is I am like I don't know. I just have these really high expectations for myself and I have these like big dreams and I make up all these false realities in my head of like, when I have this or when I'm this or when I'm this, whatever it is, then I'll be happy. Then I'll feel like life worked out and you know, everything is, is clicked into place. But I always miss things from a year ago, from two years ago. I miss the way things were. I miss college. Sometimes I miss you know, living with girlfriends. Sometimes I miss, you know, traveling, even though I had zero money, like I miss certain things that I complained about when I was in the moment. Like, and I was trying to remind myself of that when I was living in our, when Daniel and I were living in our apartment before we moved into this house. Yeah. And I was like complaining about the apartment 24 seven. And I was like, just shut up because you're going to miss this. Or you're going to, even if you don't, you're going to look back fondly and be like, Oh my gosh, it was the first place we lived together. How special, you know? And it, it, you, you know, my, my dad passed away when I was 19. And I was talking about this in therapy the other day. And I was like, it's so weird because there's things about my dad that weren't the best things, like, you know, weren't the best qualities of a person maybe. But I, at his core, he like, he was an amazing person. I only really have fond memories of him. It's hard to remember anything negative about him because he's not here anymore. So you just cherish Uh who, you know, who he was, like what memories you have together and what things about him, you know, or maybe you see something that reminds you of him, right? And that's very, a similar thing when you don't have something anymore, you only look back with fondness a lot of times and you kind of block out all the bad things. So trying to remember that sometimes helps, even just for a second, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not at like the financial status or the career or the, you know, the looks or whatever it is, you put that on a pedestal and you're like, well, a year from now, I probably won't remember how stressed I was or how sad I was this day. I'll only remember
1: like, oh, that was so nice when we did X, Y, or Z or, you you know what I mean? Yeah. I completely under, I understand that on like so many different levels it's it is like that thing they we were saying like you just you have to have your feet on the ground in that moment and again i could you know it could, we could preach this and like take what our therapists have told us and like things that we've read but it's one thing to talk about it right now and be like yeah this is what we should be doing and like practicing it is a different is a different thing but it's i also think when you're saying that i'm like yeah you remember the fond when when you're outside of a situation you remember like more of the happy things, right? Like you don't remember the, the super bad things, but in the moment negative or over something that's overwhelming or something that's not as like appeasing to you in that moment. Like we're such in the moment people, I think as humans in general, like what's happening to us right now, that's you could have had a happy morning and like a shit afternoon. That shit afternoon is going to stay with you because that's the thing that is doing something to us that we don't like. But then later on, you might completely forget about forget about that piece entirely. So it's like coming out. Yeah, it's it's, I don't know exactly how to do it. I think I'm still working on it. Um, But it's like when you move out of an apartment, I remember every apartment I've moved out of when everything's gone, like when you've moved everything out and you kind of stay there and have that moment with yourself. It's like then I remember I was so dying to like move to another city, move to another apartment, start a different piece of my life. But then it's at that point where I'm like, I really wish I like took a moment during this a little bit more to realize all, all, all of the good things. But I'm also not sure if that's how or how much work you have to do to get to, get to that point either. It might be like a slow, like gradual process to to get to that. But then at the same time, if we, if we did have that every single day, we maybe wouldn't have those really like impactful moments where you do walk away from something and look at it and be like, wow, I'm really seeing things from afar as well. Like, I I, I don't think there's ever going to be a time when we're like fully figured out, like,
0: or we're fully like, okay, I appreciate my life. And, you know, I have this like enlightened perspective. And I, I try to remember that too of like, we are literally human. And this is maybe a weird comparison or weird analogy, but think about like animals, like dogs, hippos, cats, (laughs) birds, whatever it is. Like they are, they do everything by like survival and by nature and they're not like having insecurities because someone else posted a picture that they look amazing, they look like they're having fun. Like they go all based off of like nature and humans are the only like species that have this like unique perspective and so it's all part of like the human experience. It really is. It's like, we are literally here to have the human experience. We're here for X amount of time to just like figure things out and to test things. And like no other species has cell phones or technology or like, and maybe that's like a little out there to think but it's know. it's like, okay, we can only do so much. Like we have all these feelings and we have all these like intricate thoughts And we're doing our best. And in, you know, when I'm 50, I will probably have something that I'm insecure about or sad about or unhappy about, but I don't know what that's going to be yet. But I'll have to remind myself of these things again. Like, okay, it's not that big of a deal.
1: Just, you know, be content, be appreciative because you're going to miss this one day. You know what I mean? Yeah. For sure. I mean, I also think that we can still strive to have more. There's nothing wrong with wanting more. There's nothing wrong with wanting goals and everything else, but it's when it overcomes everything else for you, right? When the career and the goal that you want to be at or the money or the ambition like overcomes the one thing that you put ahead of anything else and everything else is sacrificed. I think that's when you find that, you know, you're not as happy. And I remember, I can't remember what what study it was, but I feel like I was reading something about the other day. And and it's also, it doesn't even have to be like the study. It's just that, you know, when people are older and they are at the end of their life, right? Like there's always that common saying of like, no one thinks like the things that they regret are not, that they didn't make enough money. That they didn't get to that point. It's usually that, you know, you didn't form enough and close relationships. And yeah, that maybe that is more like an Like animal instinctual, and something like that. I think it's a double edged sword that we are able to be more involved and have all those other things. But I think even this conversation is a step in knowing like we're aware that we can have all these other pieces that, you know, animals and stuff can't have, but it's like a really great thing. But also, if we can't control it and we let it overcome us so much, then it's going to be detrimental to us. It's going to be so detrimental. But that even goes back like almost full circle to what you and I started talking about at the beginning, which is like, you, you need to have like a good relationship with yourself, right? Like no one, you know, the friends that you want, like you want them to meet you where you are, not where you were. And you need to be moving towards the place that you want to be at. Um, But most of the time, like people live longer, they're happier, uh, everything else, like when they can have good people around them and that changes as you get older which is the original reason you and i started talking right like remember my therapist at one point sent me this article and it kind of walked through the three different types of friendships which was like deal friendships right which is the average human has like 16 friends and then there's like three different hierarchies of them like there's deal friendships right which are the ones that like you can kind of get something from not in a bible it's like you're using them but like they're the friends that you have maybe if you met someone. Uh, that could help you with your career, right? Um, That would be like more of like a deal friendship. They're not super, super in, you know, deep, deep friendships. I think the other one was like experiential or something like that. And the last one was like the real friends. And like only typically out of the 16, you have like three. But as you get older, you realize how a lot of the deal friendships leave or you don't have as many, which can make you feel maybe a little bit more alone because you don't have all the friends that, that you used to have anymore. Um, And you like really need to nurture the ones or like take stock of like the ones that you do have. And it's okay not to have all of them anymore because if they're not super, super true friends and it is also, it's exhausting to you because in 16 different people, if if you are being 16 different versions of yourself, it's exhausting. That's so good. I have not heard that before. I feel like you need to send that to me or I'll look it up. But
0: I think that's so interesting to think about because then I'm literally in my head starting to think about like the friends that were that for me or what what followed like fall fell into which category and it almost makes you feel a little bit better because you're like okay like I know that these people are around for a reason and honestly part of me feels guilty sometimes for friendships not being there anymore I'm like it's all my fault that, like I didn't keep up with the friendship and I want to make sure that this person doesn't have anything bad to say about me like they still like me they still want you know to reconnect if we're in the same city or state and I don't know why I'm like I- I'm starting to not care as much um just from you know getting older and just realizing this more and more but that's how I felt for a long time and people used to always be like Delaney you have so many friends like how do you have so many friends and I'm like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Like, And I think it was like a combination of being, having friends from high school and having friends from college and being in a sorority and having moved around a little bit when I was younger. So I had friends from different states. And now I obviously have kind of like the core people and it's not a shock who those people are, uh-huh.
1: but it's like really helpful to look at it that way. I feel like. Yeah, and just know that it's not it's not your it's not your fault. Like my experience is different than yours, but your experience, what you just said, sounds a lot like my friend, who I'm not going to obviously say <laughs> she'll listen to this, but um, she is always being known as. You know, we kind of met up and became really good friends at a time where my circle got smaller, and I and she's always being someone who everyone loves, and there's no reason that everyone would not love her but she was also always the person who was there for everyone. Right. And I was at a different point in my life that I like, you know, I was like, I want the people that are going to be around me that, you know, are maybe not going to have 25 friends. They have to give everything to like, I know now that the friends that I have in my life are the friends that I need. Yes, they can have other friends, Mm -hmm. but I need to know, like, I know who their what their connections are with me. And I know what their connections are with other people. Right. And she, when she is like the first time she started to go, and I think she's actually probably quite similar to you Delaney of what you've said, like going through things herself. um, And she had like a lot of friends and she still does, but I was kind of talking to her about something and I was like, like, you don't, you don't need to be everything to everyone. And her situation is still different than mine, but like you, when things start to happen to you and things start to change your life, that's when you start to put up boundaries and you go, you know what? I'm giving everything to this person. Right. And I'm doing everything I can to make sure that they never have something bad to say about me because that's why no, probably you and and who I'm talking about have so many friends as well, because they're just the best people ever. But then you start to get to a point where you're like, you know what, like I'm, you got to be able to also look after yourself and realize that maybe not all those people will be there for you. And it's okay for your circle to get smaller. It's it's yeah it's totally okay. I mean, it doesn't feel okay all the time. Like, do you wish maybe you had twenty five people being like, "Hey, you want to do something?" Sometimes, but then I'm also like, "Do I want to do something?" Like, not really a lot of the time. Yeah. So it changes literally. It changes a lot. But again, mine, I think hers and yours is more similar than, than than what mine. Yeah. But yeah, you just turned into my therapist there for a
0: minute. (laughs) That's so true though. And I, I love that. Like you, you can't be everything for everybody. And I feel like a lot of my, what I'm undoing right now is trying to be perfect for everyone or everything for everyone and not feeling like I have to put in so much effort to, so that everyone will like me and I'll be there for everyone. And I'm this, like, I, I am starting to understand this now, you know what I mean? And I love when the friends that I have can give an equal amount to me because they don't, like you were saying, have 25 other friends. Like they can actually be there for you in a real genuine way when you actually need it and not feeling like I have to be there for you 24 seven with any tiny little thing goes wrong because I've definitely been in those situations or those friendships before and feeling like, You know when someone's going through a hard time like i'm gonna show up for you and if i'm going through a hard time you know i would love for you to show up for me but it doesn't have to be like you know 100 percent all the time it's just not realistic and you're not responsible for anyone else's feelings but your own and that was something that you know i realized a few years ago and i'm just now starting to really put into practice but i feel like i could literally talk to you the whole rest of the night but we're already like at an hour, so I want to go through some rapid fire questions okay. before we
1: we finish. So wait, up. one thing I Are do want to say because we talked about like, friendships and stuff so much, and like I reflected yeah. on it, but and I and remember us talking about this in Austin. And this may be like my summary of it: of everyone's going to go through different things in their friendships. Everyone, we're all going to make mistakes. We're all not perfect humans. You you got to just go with the ebbs and flows of everything, but think that. The most like important friendships and I think this comes with age is they don't feel the same as when you're younger they they're not people who text you 24 7 because a lot of the time those are friendships yep. without boundaries and those friendships without boundaries yes. are the ones where you oftentimes feel the most anxiety because like neither of you have boundaries and what that means is that you say everything And you open up the fact for anyone to say anything back to you. So I think that like you start to, and this may may change if we talk in five years, but I think the most important friendships are the ones that they don't agree with everything that you say, but what they, you almost either say the boundaries or you already have unspoken boundaries of, and my, my mom has said this, and I've had like maybe two friendships who've really instilled this of, you know, do you want me to listen or do you want my opinion? Those are, you, you've got to have, my mom always said to me like when we were younger, she's like, you girls say whatever you want to each other and you just don't have any boundaries. And you think that boundaries are a bad thing. It's not. It's just being like, hey, like, it's just understanding the other person. And Anytime that you have boundaries in that way or you feel safe with that person, you feel safe to be yourself and you can say, hey, I'm going to say something about myself that I'm not proud of or I don't love. And then know that the other person also knows you don't want to talk about it the next day. You're just saying it because, like, you feel safe with them. The safety and vulnerability. And you don't have to talk every single day. But knowing, like, if you really, really needed them, then they'd be there. I think that's my, like, yeah. culmination of how relationships or friendships really, really start to change.
0: Yes. I am so so glad you said that because I'm like yes like over here like, yes that's so true. <laughs> that that's huge. And I think that you know last final thing too is like I've had those friendships where it's like you they expect you to text them every single day, show up, you know, have they have these like textbook expectations of you and it's like I am a human being. I have a job. I have, you know, a, a boyfriend, I have a dog, I have, you know, responsibilities. I cannot be doing all of these things for you and showing up in this way. And if you cannot accept that, then I don't know what else to tell you. And it's hard for older friendships to come back and say that
1: mm-hmm. it's
0: easier when you're starting new friendships because you can kind of like say those boundaries without having to be like, listen, as a friend, I want you to know that I can give you X, Y, and Z. It's like like you kind of slowly just, you are the person. So you're leading by example, or you're like, you know what? I don't really like to hang out on the weeknights because I have X, Y, and Z during the week. And then that person just starts to get to know you for who you are versus you having to kind of like backtrack. But I love that you said that because I do think a lot of people probably, in their early twenties or honestly anywhere in their life, maybe in a friendship like that. And just to know it's not your responsibility. Yeah. I think is helpful. You get to determine how, you know, your boundaries and, and
1: it's a lot harder to make boundaries further along in something. But also if someone like younger is listening, like don't, you know, you can try to make your own boundaries, but also at the same time, like we all live and learn that, you know, it's not as easy to do that at that point, but there are some friends that I've had for a very, very long time where boundaries have been created as we've gotten older and also a friend that like created boundaries for me. Cause I was like, I needed them so, so much. And they were going on yes. life. And they put that was hard for me to have those boundaries put on me, but like we could not have a better friendship now. It's it's a lot easier to create boundaries as you get older. But then the ones that are really, really worth it, when when you create them or that person creates them with you, those boundaries, if it's worth it, you'll have those friends.
0: A hundred percent. I feel like we should make this like you should come on again and we should continue the conversation. I would love that. <laughs> because this was so fun.
1: We'll probably have like, we'll create like a shared note agenda. And cause I feel like I have like other things that we could go off and ask like, this, this part of the segment could probably be like, what, 10 minutes long. We're like, no. let's do it. Let's <laughs> I, like literally plan it. I would love to have- come back on anytime. I, this is like, I could literally talk forever. I would love that. But I also do want to, I also do want to say to you, like, it's so nice to, I mean, I'm a so complete honor. They would even ask me to do this. Um, it's extremely all the things we've talked about, about meeting people that you can be honest with that can identify where you are at now. Like I'm so thankful that I met you. I'm so, I feel like I'm getting emotional. I'm so, so proud of what you're, of what you've done as well. Cause I think that you're taking me outside of my shell right now. And it, I don't know, it's, I think sometimes you just meet people and whether it's an impact for a moment or a long time, like, I feel like you're totally one of those people. So I'm like super thankful.
0: Yeah, me too. I honestly feel like we really met for a reason. And I was even thinking this kind of when you were talking and I hope this is not weird to say, but I was like, i just feel so comfortable with you like i I literally texted you before this and i was like i'm peeing lol like hold on and then we just like instantly were just like drinking a glass of wine together and i feel like if we were in the same place right now we'd just be sitting on the couch like in our companies just like talking and it's really not hard to talk to you at all and i feel like i just i want you to come back on again i want like us to be actually friends as hard as it might be to like keep up a friendship but but I feel like it's not hard at all. It's easy. It's right. Exactly. And we obviously know boundaries. So, (laughs) but it's just, it is so nice to like connect with someone, especially because it had, we not been at the same restaurant at the exact same time in Austin, Texas, of all places, a girl from Ohio who lives in Florida might not have met someone who's from, you know, East Canada who now lives in Vancouver. Like it's just
1: yeah, the world works in a very mysterious ways. So I'm
0: very grateful.
1: It works in the way that we just said, like it's like the safety and vulnerability thing. And when you meet someone that you can feel like that with, then that's it's like oh. lean in. Yeah, exactly. Lean into that a thousand
0: percent. Okay, well, you're definitely gonna come back on, but I need you to answer my rapid fire question. So let's go. What is your favorite comfort show?
1: Oh, okay. Well, you we talked a lot about reality TV. I've been on a huge reality TV kick housewives housewives uh, any housewives uh yes. specifically probably new jersey recently vanderpump rules obsessed and the finale's tonight are you watching or not the finale the reunion oh reunion part two are you watching right yep listen delaney last time i saw you i didn't i started from season seven to this season because i was like i can't watch the past the seven seven i've already been I'm, i've been done that already like that's a lot of seasons i watch i'm gonna watch that um, but yeah, honestly, I just had a love for reality TV lately. So that's a 100% a comfort thing. Okay, me too. And I'm
0: so, so happy that you said that because that's my comfort. Like, should we have like, watch What
1: Happens Live? Watch- yes. Do you watch that? <laughs> I don't, but I've started to watch it now because I've run out of episodes. I'm like, can hey, I need more drama. Like, I don't have drama in my life. I need to watch it somewhere
0: else. Me too. I never used to watch, watch What Happens Live until literally probably this year because yeah. there's like things that they talk about yeah. that is a different insight to what's going on and I'm like I need to know. So I've been watching it more recently, but okay, the next question is what's your guilty pleasure?
1: Yeah. I'd say like I mean that would just doing things that are like not working towards something else like I love, you know, like watching my TV now more. Um I also every morning like my friends can attest to this too like I always have um, like chocolate in the morning, like I have a huge thing in mini eggs. I have like 10 mini eggs in the morning. I know some people don't think that's, you have some guilty pleasure. It's like, okay. But um, like, it's just something that. What's a mini egg, like a Cadbury oh, egg? Yeah, no, you know, the little tiny mini eggs, like the, you get them at Easter, Easter time, like, yeah, you, yeah, 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 little tiny guys. Oh, I literally buy them in like the $30 packs and like every single morning, I just like, so I get up in the morning. I used to like I'd get, not used to, but. I'm not a get up and go type of person. I get up, I get my coffee, I get like my bit of mini egg. So like I five to 10 and then I go back in bed and I just like have that time for like 25 minutes. Like I'll get up early just for that. Like I'm like, I'm not a try to be that person. I'm not a get up and go and work out type person. Like, so that's my maybe guilty pleasure. Like I've got to do that.
0: I love that. Daniel's playing video games. So if you hear him screaming in the background, don't be alarmed. Okay. Um, that's his guilty pleasure. I I love those.
1: Like, Are they Cadbury? Is that the brand? Yeah, yeah. They're Cadbury Mini. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm obsessed. Well, something else. Oh, that reminds me of Delaney. I'm going to... So I have these friends in the States. I met traveling. Um, and we're all really good friends. And some of my girlfriend's from here. So like, we used to send... Or a couple of times, we sent them like chips and chocolate that they don't have in the United States. So I'm going to get, I'm going to get your address after this and I'm going to send you chips and chocolate that we have in Canada that you guys don't have in the States. And like the, okay. What do you want me to send you? I'll send you some stuff too. No, no. I already know the stuff you guys have. The stuff you guys have is like okay. a Halloween Crap. version of Oreos. I don't want that kind of thing. So. <laughs>
0: okay. Hey, I like those. Okay. <laughs> the orange. Smelling, like, no, thank you.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Okay. A pop culture moment that shaped you. I don't know if it's shaped me, but something I remember so vividly is my mom and I were living in London, and the computer was like a regular computer, not a laptop, right, in the basement. And I remember hearing about when Brad and Angelina and Jolie split. And I don't know, it's not like it shaped me but it's something that kept in my brain for like forever. And I just like, so vividly remember that. Um, and I don't even know how old I was. I must've been quite, quite young, but that was like a pop culture moment. I will never ever forget. No That's pop a good culture one. Is like, you... something like that or is pop culture? Yeah, yeah. Political stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. No pop culture. I, please, I don't know anything about politics. <laughs> I'm
1: kidding <me. laughs> I just remember, Angie breaking up and I was like oh I just remember I had this weird feeling about it and I again was so young because like social media wasn't wasn't really a thing that I just remember being like Brad and Angie I still remember exactly that's a monumental moment for sure um and you lived in England I feel like we need to talk about this on another pod I didn't live in England uh no I've I I went away to school to France for a little bit but that was it but I okay
0: where did you say you were did you say something about England or
1: no, I don't. Oh, sorry, London, 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 Ontario. London. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> London, Canada. Oh, I forgot you're from the States. No, no, London, Canada. It's still in Ontario. Which okay. Is a province, not a
0: state. You did say this earlier that you were from London outside of Toronto. So that's my dad is from Ireland and England. So I feel like oh, my okay. brain immediately goes to. Yeah. We should just keep it from London, England, though. That might make it a little bit more exciting. I'm a a cultured girly. Okay, the next one is how would someone
1: describe you if your life was a movie and you were the main character? Oh my god, I feel like I should like look at a text from one of my best friends that she gave me recently. Um, I mean, it's hard to put in like terms of a movie. I might put in terms of like just how they would describe me. Um, I mean, A, not perfect, but um as I've gotten older of like been like more okay with like accepting compliments and like embrace them. And something I also do agree with is that I think that what my best friends and, and like my mom would say is I'm extremely. I, I really do care about people. I'm extremely uh, inquisitive. Like I will. This is an example. I will probably sit down with someone for four hours and talk to them and ask them eighty five thousand questions but I also very much do, do care. I think maybe in the terms of my movie, maybe that, like maybe the person who's walking around the movie, but also like stops and talks to like multiple people. And then also if they have like a margarita, probably stops and talks to more people like you. Um, and is, you know, maybe it's in a movie, like the person who's also like, yeah, like fuck it, let's just go and go there instead. Like if someone asked me to go somewhere a lot, a lot of the time, like like I asked my friends I'm like fuck it like let's just go somewhere let's experience new things because until I figured out the whole therapy grass is greener kind of situation I'm probably still gonna go and jump somewhere else as as well but yeah
0: Yeah, I love that I feel like I mean I can already get that sense that you're like that because I mean we had a conversation we literally talked each other's ears off but I feel like and you're also just very like smiley and like kind and warm and welcoming like I feel like you're very like just a sweet person like I was like I looked at you I'm like oh my god she's so pretty but you were so nice and I was like this girl's so nice like I don't you don't don't meet that nice of people often so that's so nice very nice of you yeah okay the last question is something that you're currently obsessed with so
1: this could be a show a book a movie a food pod podcast whatever um okay currently obsessed with oh yeah so super into podcasts lately love them and so I think of, so yeah, a obsessed podcast, listen to Laney's podcast, start of the show. Uh, but, of the show, then. <laughs> of the podcast. but then secondly would be, I'm super into, I don't know if you've ever heard the podcast called smart list with Jason, ba- uh, Jason Bateman. Um, yeah. Who are the other two, Sean and Will Arnett. Um, it is the, like, I love waking up knowing that like, there's a podcast on this day going for a walk, listening to it. Um, And they also have, like, a. I think they just came with a docu-series as well of them, like, going on the road with Smartless. Um, I saw that. Oh, it looks – I've seen little pieces of it on TikTok. I have to find it. I think it's on HBO or something. But I just – I love that podcast for so many – and I love it the most for the banter because I think they're all so funny. But I also love it because of all the things we talked about. Like, I love banter myself. I know this hasn't been, like, a ton of banter between us, but – They just have, they, you can tell they have such a deep friendship and connection with one another and all have taken different paths. And like, I feel like that's the epitome of friendship, that they have, like, they can joke with each other. They can like say things that are, you know, like out of turn, but it's just, it's such a foundational friendship and like, they're getting older as well. I'm like this, I just love it. I just think they're so funny and when we're looking for little pieces of happiness in our day, like that's something I'll walk around like with my ear on and I'll, like walk around the street and I'll just like laugh. I'm like, this is I maybe look crazy. Like, I, that's a huge guilty pleasure.
0: Oh, I love that. I, I haven't listened to that podcast, but I have seen it a lot and I've heard people talk about it. So good. So. I need to go listen. And I love that, too. I love it when people have banter. And I love when I'm around my friends that I can banter with or I can just, like, make fun of or tease or we can have that, like, sort of mm-hmm. relationship because things just flow. Yeah.
1: And I'm things just like, and stuff. Like, 100%. Yeah, i the most sarcastic person I'll ever meet. It has the best jokes that like all of my friends will tell you. And she just, like, is so quick with it. Uh, And I strive to have that, but I just love people like that, right? Like they're just quick with things and you don't take things personal because you have that level of like love and trust with them.
0: Yes. And it's just fun energy to be around. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was so fun. Honestly, I really could talk forever, but thanks for being here. I hope everyone likes this episode. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.